Shalom and hello again. Imagine a time when a temple to the God of Israel stands atop Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. This is exactly what Ezekiel saw, coming up on Our Jewish Roots with Bible teaching by Dr. Jeffrey Seidman. The Lord said unto Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We're so glad you've joined us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. And I'm Jeffrey Seif. And this is the last program in this series, and I'm so thankful for the words today, restoration and hope for the people back in Ezekiel's day, but also for us today, for you today. Well, we go back into the ancient word, but we need to bring it forth into the modern world, and there's applications to Ezekiel's message thousands of years later. And he saw it. That's what's so incredible, this vision that he has of something that we don't even see yet. I mean, it was so, so long ago, but he foresaw that millennial future. Right, literally he saw in pictures, by the way, too, and his life was full of pictures. His life was a photo album of interesting moments, and he saw visions of things to come. Not all prophets were visionary. There's a word for that, roe, which means seer, as opposed to navi, which is another word for prophet. But he really is the seer in the Older Testament text of what our future and possible soon coming future will be. Yes, it's interesting, you know, we open up the biblical text and we look at the modern newspaper and say, is there any connection? I mean, a read through Ezekiel uh, gives credence to the proposition that there is. We're living in that day, it's amazing. Well, Israel's restored and uh, it's amazing. Yeah. We have a treat for you. This is a sneak peek of what that incredible millennial reign could be like. Let's go to Israel. Ezekiel's vision of a future temple is glorious, paradise restored. And by the river thereof, upon the bank thereof, shall grow all trees for food, bringing forth new fruit whose leaf shall not fade, and the leaf thereof shall be for medicine. This is arguably some of the most sacred space on planet Earth. No preacher height, no visual effects, just raw, sacred space. My feet are planted in the Kidron Valley. There is the eastern wall of what was the temple in Jesus' day. What a place. I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, Our ministry's donors sent me here. In fact, they pay that we can speak from this place to you. Oh, I love it when the Word of God goes forth 
from Jerusalem. But the Ezekiel story is, isn't as much the word going forth from Jerusalem as much as it is the word of the Lord about Jerusalem. But not just Jerusalem. Jerusalem, yes, but the whole world. In Ezekiel, we see God's end game for planet Earth. And in as much as today people scurry around to try and work up peace, to bring about a cessation of hostilities on planet Earth, oh, they try, but God has a plan. And he has a day, he said, Lo goyel goy chareb, lo There'll come a day when nation will not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war anymore. Well, what's the plan? Ezekiel says, number one, Israel is reconstituted as a nation state. Number two, nations round about then are hell-bent on that fledgling state's demise. Friends, we live in a world today where Israel is reconstituted as a nation state, and we live in a world today when the nations round about are hell-bent on her demise. In this series, we saw that Ezekiel is specific. He speaks about forces being drawn in from ancient Persia, which would be modern Iran. Likewise, he sees a coalition of forces galvanizing around a strong northern power that enters into the stage of the end-time drama. It's striking the nature of the relationship between the northern people and Persia. And this smells like Russia on the one hand, and Iran on the other. We need to stay tuned to that story, but as we wrap, pay attention to this story. We'll see in a minute. The word of the Lord is that a temple of Jehovah is rebuilt on this mountain, and that waters flow forth from this mountain. They fill the valley, and they fill the world, Mayim Chaim, and when they fill it, they thrill it. They wipe away tears from eyes. They bring healing to planet Earth. Friends, in Ezekiel chapter 47, let me read this in my version. Have a look at it in yours. He says, Ki v'ru shamo hamayim ho'ela, v'yirofu v'chol kol ashor yavo shamo hanachal. That the waters will come forth hither, he says, and all things will be healed and may live wheresoever the river comes. In a vision, Ezekiel is led unto the river of the sacred place. And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. And he measured, and the waters were to the knees. Again he measured, and the waters were to the loins. And it was a river that I could not pass over. There's healing waters that come from this place, from this sacred space, and they flood planet Earth. They bring refreshment, health, and healing. There's trees round about the river, to use the analogy here in the text, and we're told in chapter 47, verse 12, the olehu litrufo, that the leaf is for the healing. You might recall in Revelation as he closes, he sees the, the water of the river of life and the tree of life there, and he says that the, the fruit of the trees is for the healing of the nations. Friends, I want you to know there's a healing of the nations. We live in a world today that's racked 
by social unrest, political intrigue, and it seems like the devil is having his day. But there comes a day when the swords are beat into plowshares. Instead of energies being invested on self-defense and aggression, energies are investing in tilling the earth. And against that backdrop, God promises a bountiful earth when the word of the Lord comes forth from Jerusalem like the prophets long ago envisioned. And speaking of long ago, once upon a time, there was a place called Eden. And we're told that rivers sprang forth from Eden and there was a tree of life there in the garden. We're told that Eden was a paradise state where there was felicity and peace. Eden was wiped out when sin made its entrance onto the stage of the human drama. But when one considers Ezekiel and his peace process, Eden returns. And then the people of the earth come to this hill and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the house of the Lord and let's worship the God of Jacob. If you're broken, distraught, if you have cares and despairs, I want you to know there's a God who loves you. If you've made a wreck of your life and you're a broken human being, I want you to know that God is a healer. He promises here that there's, that there's a flow that comes from this place that heals brokenness. Parched tongues are fed. The thirsty have drink. Isaiah the prophet said, those that thirst come to the waters and he who has no money come buy and eat and come and drink and there's food for weary souls. I believe this from the bottom of my heart and from this place, I want you to know that God wants to get into your space. If he stands at the door and knocks, and if you'd open up the door, there's a whole new life that's available to you. Well, we've talked about you, we've talked about the Jews, in this series we've looked at Ezekiel and the Mideast peace process. God's gonna have his way on planet Earth one day, maybe have his way in you today. Our resource this week, Three Beautiful Magnets of Jerusalem, featuring photography by our own Kenneth Berg. These magnets are a wonderful addition for your refrigerator or filing cabinet and a great reminder to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Call 1-800-WONDERS or visit us at levitt.com. Remember to connect with us on social media for so much extra content. Find us at Our Jewish Roots. For many, a trip to the Holy Land is the dream of a lifetime. Where else can you go see the scriptures come alive as you visit the sites where so many biblical events happened? We invite you to come on a Zola tour in the spring or the fall as we explore Israel and Petra. Reserve your dream of a lifetime. Contact us for more information. Recently, I was reminiscing about college days for some reason, and I was thinking about a song that I used to sing as a 19-year-old, I walked today where Jesus walked. And at 19 years old, I never dreamed in a million years that I'd be singing this song about Jesus walking in Israel two times a year. So we would love for you to join us. I will sing this song for you in Israel. We go twice a year, both the fall and the spring. You can find all the information on levitt.com.
you make all of this happen. I, I hope you're enjoying the gorgeous footage from the land of Israel. That is an Our Jewish Roots signature that our teaching comes from the Holy Land. It's costly to go. I mean, I don't yes. know if I, you've all looked at plane tickets recently, <laughs> but it's, it's not cheap, but we want to bring that to you and you make that happen. So we just want to take a quick uh, minute to say thank you for keeping us going to the land to film these programs for you. Amen. And uh, it, Jeff, Dr. Dr. Seif, will be teaching from the Mount of Olives. And oh my goodness, we were, remember we were watching this because we get to watch all the footage beforehand. And Dave said to me, said, do you see that? <laughs> remember, he's like, there's the temple. <laughs> and we just literally kind of had to clean our eyes and say, what are we seeing? So our incredible editors and graphics guys made the Temple Mount look as if the new, the third temple is right behind Dr. Seif's shoulder. It's, it was breathtaking Yes. because everything else looks the same. I don't know how they did it, but this is a treat. It's a visual treat for you, perhaps what the third temple will look like. Let's go to Israel now. Ezekiel's vision of a life-giving river that flows from a future temple. It was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. Judea was an agrarian society and Judah's rabbis envisioned that the messianic era would come replete with verdant pasture land, that gardens would be overflowing with enormous fruit. And that's just not the wild imaginations of Judaism's sages because Ezekiel envisioned that at day's end, here from Jerusalem, the temple would be rebuilt. And he said that water would flow from the temple and streams would gush forth and the banks would be lined by trees that would bring forth fruit, not just seasonally, but monthly, big, plump, juicy fruits. And this reflects an era where God's house is rebuilt, where God's will and His ways are manifest afresh on the earth, and as a result, there's bounty plenty. Ezekiel told that story, and he wasn't alone. Isaiah, in his own way, in the second chapter said, in the latter days, the Lord's house would be made glorious on this mountain. And after that, there's something Isaiah said that's repeated in synagogues every week all over the world. Ki mitzion teitzeh Torah udabar Adonai meyerushalayim, that the law will go forth from Judah and the word of the Lord will go forth from Zion, from Judah as well. What a story. Isaiah saw it in his day and told it in his way, and Ezekiel saw it as well. But before Ezekiel saw the good news, Ezekiel saw bad news. And why is that? Because Ezekiel began as a refugee. He was exiled. He was a displaced person. And if you've ever experienced divorce and you've looked at the world with uncertainty, 
if you've lost a job, you've looked at the world with uncertainty, if you've lost limb, you've lost health, and you've looked at the world with uncertainty, then you know what it is to be in despair. Ezekiel in his own way was there. He was taken away from Judah with some 10,000 others, displaced, taken off into captivity. And why is that? Because for a lengthy season, Judah was sinning. Judah had turned their back from God and prophets came to tell them to mend their ways, but the people wouldn't hear it. The net result is that judgment was decreed. And so Ezekiel was swept up in forces beyond his control, taken off in the judgment. But there, hundreds of miles away from Judah, Though he was away from God's land, he wasn't away from God, and God wasn't away from him. And why do I say that? Because he says that in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, I saw visions of God, and the hand of the Lord was upon him. He saw visions of God, God's hand was on his life, and God took him places, he caused them to see things and know things that were hidden from humans' eyes. And hence, Ezekiel was a prophet, a great prophet. He didn't just speak to his generation, he spoke to ours. And when we speak of Ezekiel and the Mideast peace process, and if we ask the question of Ezekiel, what pieces? are to be put in place in advance of God's taking hold of this place, planet Earth. Ezekiel tells us explicitly, importantly, Israel is reconstituted as a nation state. He tells us that nations round about, however, are hell-bent on Israel's demise. Ezekiel speaks prophetic words invective against people round about. He speaks of Amnon, Moab, and Edom, which would be modern Jordan, down to Saudi Arabia, to the tip. He speaks of Gaza, Philistia, which would be the Gaza Strip of today. He speaks of Tyre and Sidon. This would be in modern Lebanon. He surveys the nations round about, and he says judgment. He speaks of Mitzrayim to the west, and says judgment. He talks of Persia, modern Iran, to the east, and he says judgment. The prophet says Israel is reconstituted as a nation state, and in conjunction with all of that, he gives voice to powers roundabout mobilizing their energies bent on the destruction of the nation state of Israel that's reconstituted. And friends, that's a story not just from his day, but that's a story for our own. And inasmuch as Ezekiel saw a bad moon rising from the north, and inasmuch as in cahoots with that, he sees monumental forces from the east, from Persia. Oh, friends, we can see this as a Russian and Iranian confederacy. And these forces are brought into the region for a climactic battle. So much for the bad news. And now for the good. God wins.
and he wins big in such a way that the world might know him. And in conjunction with the knowing, here in Jerusalem, the temple is rebuilt. And from that temple, God's word, his will and his ways are made known finally and fully on planet earth. Regarding that rebuilt temple, we're told in chapter 47, verse 1, Vayishveni el petach habayit, and he brought me back to the door of the house. This visionary, this prophet in the spirit is taken to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem, to the temple, and he's brought to the house. And what does he see? Well, Jews say, Neshkadol Hoyashem, a great miracle happened there. What does he see? He sees Mayim Chaim. He sees waters springing forth. The Jerusalem temple is envisioned as a gusher. Waters are coming out of the mountain and they're spreading to the east and they're flowing down the arid, dry, lifeless Judean hills, making it green, lush, verdant. Those healing waters make their way down to the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea becomes the once Dead Sea. And why is that? Because in the rejuvenation, God makes things dead to live. It's a story, Ezekiel told it his way. It's a story that seems to be unfolding in our day. And we'll look at that story some more as we look at Ezekiel and the Middle East peace process. Dr. Seif, we've seen some amazing things happen in the series. I think of the word spectacular things, miracles that have happened in the series. Yes, there's spectacular stuff in the Bible. There's spectacular stuff in the news with Israel. And frankly, I need a little bit of spectacular. I don't live a perfect life. When, when I serve in my own circumstances, there's some things that are broken in family relationships, in webs of relationships, and uh, I can use a little restoration. I don't want to just see it in yesterday's news or on the news on TV. I mean, we all want good news in our life, and it's good to know God's in the restoration business. And Ezekiel was living in a, a horrific time. I mean, I can't even imagine if someone invaded, say, America, where we all live, and took everyone away, and our homeland is gone, everything that we knew was gone, we would need hope. That's true, to your point, and the trials he faced are so much bigger than, than most of what we face. And, and God is able to overcome the greatest of trials. That's why when we turn on the news today, we hear of Israel, God restores. 
and uh, he he restores, and I also believe, and I think it was Nandi sometimes mentioned in the book, that he wants his people and the world to know that he is Lord. He wants them to know that you may know me. That's true, and it's so clear in the biblical testimony. I think it's obscured a lot in the church because people don't stand behind Israel because there are traditions in church that obscure that story. But in no uncertain terms, God loves the Hebrew people and he has a plan and he's watching over his word to perform it. And it's a testimony to the world of God's strength, his keeping power. Mm -hmm. I think about the, the word that God gave Ezekiel to his people and they didn't want to hear it. I don't know if I could do that. I'm not a prophet. Could you handle that for years? with nobody listening to what you had to say? I mean, when you sing a song in church or a conference, you'd like to see hands raised, hearts raised, and a smile on a face. You want to know people are receiving what you're saying. Right. It's hard to lead a, in worship and everyone's just sitting there cold, uh, never mind being explicit and telegraphing disapproval. In Ezekiel's day, they weren't just indifferent toward him. People were out and outright hostile. It's tough to keep your, your, your position emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually in that tough environment. When you're called, you're going to keep going, just like what, you, what you know, you doing. just got to press on and keep mm -hmm. at it. And uh, a tough assignment, yes, but God will give us tough assignments. It's not all easy, but we know who wins at the end of the day. God is going to make it happen. And that's good news for Jews. It's good news for you. It's good news for all of us. He endured through those trials, through laying and bound mm. and eating these cakes and doing all these crazy things because, and I, I just gave myself goosebumps, because he had the vision to give to the world and to even to us today of the restoration of Israel the restoration of humans to him and the restoration of the earth. I mean, even animals and the land itself. So he had a huge message to give the world. He had to endure incredible trials to get that message out there. It's true, the message is beautiful too. Uh, I've accentuated some of the pain associated with it, but uh, to your point, yes. Uh, uh, the, the restoration is absolutely fantastic. Uh, what God can do is beyond our wildest dreams. If you're at a place in your life where you need to see that hand of God in your own life, reach up to Him. He can reach down to you and do more than you ask or, than you ask or think. Well, Thank, yes. That's a good way to enter a program, That's I right. Think. Thank you for all your insight through this series. It's been, it's been good. Yes. Well, you're Thank kind you. to say it's a good book. It's hard to mess it up. Yeah. Thanks for going on the journey with us. We'll be back. New series, new stuff to tell. As you go now, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. 
Also on our website is the online store. There you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Zola Levitt Ministries helps us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember, we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.